In this conversation, we talk how to make worship a part of our daily lifestyle with Donna Renee Patrick, award-winning author, radio host, and transformational speaker. If you're an entertainer, entrepreneur, aspiring entertainer, entrepreneur, then this is the conversation for you. Stay tuned. Welcome to Reinventing Perspectives. Today we have an amazing guest. We have Donna Renee Patrick, award-winning author, radio host, and transformational speaker. Thank you for having me on. My name is Donna Renee Patrick. I'm a worship leader and author. I reside in Dallas, Texas, and I serve at the New Mount Gilead Church here in Dallas. I'm a musician, worship leader, choir director, radio host, and I love what I do. I love what I do. Worship ministry is my passion. That's what I love. And I do a lot of training in praise and worship ministry so that the church understands that it's not all about the music. It's not all about the music. There's so much more to praise and worship than just great music. I love helping people understand that. Donna, I have to tell you that we had another guest on the show who was also in the entertainment industry. Boy, did he school me. He said, listen, people in entertainment, we are also entrepreneurs. We are the brand and we are the product, but we are entrepreneurs. Absolutely. I agree. You are the brand. You know, Priscilla, I attended a networking event and the instructor who taught the marketing and branding class, her main point was your brand is just as important as Coca-Cola or BMW or some other household names that we see on a daily basis. She said your brand is just as important as theirs. And she said, remember, you are your brand. It's not your product. It's not what you bring. You are the brand. And I thought that was interesting. That's a great takeaway. I tell you, when I had this conversation with the guest that I'm referring to, what people don't realize is the showmanship that we have to bring on top of being entrepreneurs. Agreed, because we do have a message. Mm. We do have a message. And we're always mindful. You know, entrepreneurs are always mindful that we have to solve a problem. We bring solutions to the problem. That's all people really care about. They care, can you solve my problem? That is what we have to be ever mindful of. What problem are we solving? This is a great start. Absolutely. I'm excited for this. Now, Donna, tell us, how did your journey begin? How did you get into being a worship leader consultant? You know what, Priscilla, that is an excellent question. And it's a loaded question because it truly has been a journey and it continues to be a journey. I've been a musician for three-fourths of my life. But about 20 years ago or so, the Lord began to deal with me in the area of praise and worship. And and God began to show me over time that there's more to this. And he said, my people need to be taught biblical praise and worship. And it's not that everybody was off the, the grid. It's not that at all. It's just that we were so focused on the music that we didn't think about what the word really has to say, what God requires of us. And so part of my journey, when I was serving at a church, the pastor called me into his office. I was a musician on staff there. And he called me into his office and he said, Donna, I want to add a praise and worship class to our Sunday school curriculum. And I said, okay. He said, I want you to teach it. I said, okay, that's a first. So I don't know why he asked me. Priscilla, but he did. And so that's where it really started because the more I learned about praise and worship, 
the more I wanted to learn. And so the Lord lit a fire under me all those years ago when I taught that class. And as time has gone by, the fire has just gotten larger and God has just continued to pour wood on the fire. And so it's a passion and it's part of my purpose right now. This is the first time I've heard anyone actually speak about praise and worship in this way. Really? Okay. Yes, absolutely. Because well, like you said, I think a lot of people, including myself, we just think of the music. Yeah. Yeah. And there's so much more to it. This, music is great. I'm not saying we don't need the music. That's not my point at all. I'm just saying we cannot allow music to be the focus. Because we can sing all the great music in the world. We can sing all the hot music, hot off the charts. We can do that. We can have some of the best musicians in the world in our services. But if we have not invited God in, if we have not released our hearts and opened our hearts up to his presence, well, then we sang some great music. But was God really present in what we did? That's all my point. Was he present? Now, for someone who's listening to this, who's aspiring to be in the music business as a Christian artist, yeah. what would you tell them about, one, the artist side, and two, really about the business side? As far as the artist side, the first thing I would suggest to them is to hone your craft. Hone your craft. Practice your craft. Resist the temptation to feel like I play better than him or I do it better than her. Hone your craft and as an artist stay away from comparison because God gave you a message. God gave you a message. So hone your craft, practice, be prepared for when the opportunity comes on the artist side. On the business side, I would suggest first of all ask yourself a question. What is my why? Why do I want to get into the business side? Why do I want to do this? Is it because of money? Is it because I want to be up there with whomever, my favorite artist? Is it because I want people to see me up here? So my first question on the business side would be ask yourself why. What is my why? And then the other thing I'll say about the business side, go in as a servant. Have a servant mindset not just to be served don't go in just to say what they can do for me what can I do for them how can I model myself as a servant build relationships on the business side talk to other people that you know who may be in the business or people that you want to be in the business with know your why about getting in the business have an attitude of a servant and build relationships because all of that is going to serve you well when you get into the business. Having an attitude of a servant, not just for what they can do for me. How can I serve? That's what Jesus came to do. Jesus said, I came not to be served, but to serve. You find that even though we think it's different, it's actually not different from anything else that any entrepreneur is doing. I agree. Having a servant's yeah. heart if you are a Christian entrepreneur. You will win every single time because people can feel the intention behind something. And oh, absolutely. Absolutely. People know when we're real and when we're not. As a servant, what can I do to help you? Now, Donna, I know a lot of people think it. So I said, I, since I have you, I'm going to ask you because okay. you know, a lot of times okay. there are boxes and in the music industry. And if you want to be an entrepreneur in that space, it's like you're either circular, right? All the way circular. 
or you're sure. either all the way Christian. And if you're yeah. on either side, people don't want to see you or they feel a certain way about you being Christian and trying to trying to sing circular music at the same time or the other way yes. around. Yes. And I thought, since I got someone in the biz, I got to ask, what's your take on that? It's a very interesting and relevant question too, Priscilla, because we face it all the time. Now, for me, I grew up in the church. And so gospel music has pretty much been my niche. That's pretty much been my niche. I have played on the secular side before, but it didn't stick. It didn't stick. It's just not where I was comfortable. But there are some artists who do both. And so, again, it may beg the question, which am I? It may beg the question between secular and gospel, who am I? And if you're playing both, Priscilla, my heart is eventually you're going to have to choose eventually in your own heart and mind you're going to have to choose which side do i want to play on it happens i have gospel music friends who also play on the secular side now what i believe about giftings priscilla is that god gave us a gift if god presented you that gift of music whether playing or writing singing whatever the case may be use that gift to glorify him whether it be on the gospel or the secular side recognize where the gift came from is what i'm saying to you and i don't condemn anybody for utilizing their gift on the secular side i don't that's between them and god whitney houston didn't make her money in gospel music but she came from the church she made her money on the secular side but we all know where Whitney came from she came from the church and so did Aretha Franklin Aretha made her money on the secular side but her roots were in the church I believe music whether it be singing or playing or songwriting whatever your niche might be in that area God gave you that gift so whether you go secular whether you go gospel recognize where the gift came from and whichever side you function on, recognize, use that gift from him for his glory. Thank you for yeah. that answer, because a lot of the reasons yes. that people don't take action is because of being afraid of the opinions of others and how you may look and all that kind of stuff. So it's great to have mm -hmm. someone kind of say to you at the end of the day, recognize the giver of the gift and to his Absolutely. glory wherever. However, in the market, absolutely, wherever. you have to know your purpose, Priscilla, that that goes in the equation as well. You have to know your purpose. And I'm glad that you mentioned many of us. We don't take action because we're worried about what people are going to say. What are they going to think of me? Your purpose is yours and yours alone. And the people who are talking, the people who are chattering, well, maybe they don't know their purpose. So they'd rather talk about you then learn what their own purpose is and walk in that. So I just want to encourage somebody, if you're concerned about what people are going to think, don't be, don't be. This is the gift God gave you. Walk in that to glorify him. Let the people talk. If you know that you're exercising your gift for the glory of God, let them talk and you go ahead and go forward. I try to think of it in this way, that in your purpose is where your power lies. Absolutely. And it's no I wonder that agree. the moment you started to recognize your purpose, all these things started happening to kind of distract you, to discourage yeah. you, to make you yeah. shy, to make you afraid of taking action. Because the moment you step into that purpose, yeah, that's it. So. I, I completely agree. And you said something so key. There's power in your purpose. 
you know, Priscilla, I just did a three-day challenge on knowing your purpose, why it's important to walk in your purpose, why you should stick with your purpose and not someone else's. So purpose is a big deal, whether music, whether artistry, business, entrepreneurship, purpose is a big deal for all of us. Now for the person who says, I'm not sure what my purpose is, or I'm trying to find my purpose, like what would you say to that person? You know, a lot of times we may be walking in our purpose already, but we never looked at it that way. You know, I heard a message from Bishop T.D. Jakes one time. He said, your purpose might be hidden in the things that bother you. I said, hmm, really? But one thing that's connected to your purpose is passion. If it's a passion for you, search your heart. What are your passions? What do you love to do? What is it that bothers you that you know you have a solution to? That may be the key to finding your purpose. Priscilla, as an example, it bothered me years ago that a lot of churches, a lot of artists, a lot of musicians and singers felt like as long as we sang great music that we've worshipped. That bothered me because as I began to learn what biblical worship was and as I began to learn what God requires of us in worship, it began to bother me that we thought it was all about the music. And so I started doing workshops. I started teaching. I started writing devotionals about it, praise and worship themed devotionals because it bothered me. But God gave me a solution. He gave me something to do about it in my little corner of the world. So your purpose might be hidden in the things that bother you because you have a solution to change that thing. And then look at what you most love to do. Look at what your giftings are and take those things to God and ask him how he wants you to carry those things out. And I know there are, it's kind of like a survey, like a spiritual gifts survey type thing. That is a clue to what your purpose might be. Thank you for sharing that. No, Priscilla, so many people go through life not knowing what their purpose really is, but nor have they sought to find out. They don't know how to find out. And so ask God, because he's the one who can tell you without a doubt what your purpose is and how he wants you to carry that out. Now, let me jump back to being a musician and wanting to be an entrepreneur in that space. Like what mindset should one have for them to reach their potential in this field? I feel like the competition is a lot more stiff. What success means in that space is a lot more narrow. You know, you mentioned competition. Sometimes in the business, competition will tempt you to compromise compromise your principles compromise what you believe compromise your relationship with the lord because you're competing in that space you're competing not only for the attention but you're trying to catch the eye of the right executives in that space but be careful not to compromise who you are it's possible that you may be presented with an opportunity that may be great it may be wonderful great exposure for you but be careful that you're not compromising your own principles what you believe as an individual as a christian i would suggest you know read the fine print of course when when you're presented with a contract for example be sure and read the fine print or have an attorney to do it for you so that you don't miss something but there may be some language in there that maybe you did not understand just coming into the business 
And so it's easy to get sidetracked. It's easy to be hoodwinked by language in a contract that you didn't understand. So you know what you're getting yourself into. Very, very important. It's important because business is business. There's going to be some things that you learn along the way, of course. But you want to arm yourself as well as possible. Surround yourself with people who love you, who care about you, and who want you to succeed. And they're pushing you. Surround yourself with people you trust who are pushing you forward and they want、uh, you to do well. For me on this show, I always push three things. I always say you, the faith, the mindset, as well as the mindset you、yeah. can make it, and you need to sharpen the business acumen. For entrepreneurs, I'm like, you need to really, really sharpen the business acumen because the higher you go, the more that's going to be the difference between, like you said, you sign a contract that you don't know what it means. You compromise yourself and you don't even know that you've compromised yourself in some way. Absolutely. And it could happen. Yes, you want to succeed. Yes, you've chosen something great to do, but be careful. Be, be careful, be mindful, be watchful and pray before you go in. If you have a meeting, for example, with an executive, if you have a meeting with a songwriter, pray before you go and ask God for discernment. Ask him for the wisdom so that you know, you know what's being said, you know which direction you need to head. And then you recognize when something just doesn't sound right. When you have the wisdom and the discernment, you'll recognize when something just doesn't sound quite right. And you can make the necessary adjustments. Now, Donna, tell us what is next level worship? Next level worship is knowing what God requires of us. I can say it best this way. There's a passage of scripture, Priscilla, Isaiah 29. I hope you're enjoying this conversation. Please leave us a review in your favorite podcast app. Let me know what kind of guests you'd like me to bring on and what exactly it is that you'd like to know that will help you on your journey as an entrepreneur. We're here to serve you. Thank you again for listening. And please, let's jump right back into our conversation. Stay with us. Near me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. And next level worship means that your heart is number one. Is your heart connected with Him? Next level worship means I'm not just raising my hands because the worship leader said so. I'm raising them out of surrender to my God. That's what next level worship involves. We know that God is the focus, not the music. We know God is the focus. His presence is the focus. And we understand that if my heart's not involved, then I'm really not connecting with Him. In a nutshell, that's what next、mm-hmm. level worship looks like. I'm of the heart that when the leaders worship, well, then the followers will worship as well. And we see that in Revelation chapters four and five. You know, when the pastors and the executive pastors, the Christian education leaders, when they develop as worshipers, then those of us who follow them, we will worship as well because the leaders are setting the example for what worship really is. So that's what next level worship looks like. Donna, tell us who influenced you in your life? You know what? I have to start with my mom. My mother raised us to love the Lord. She had a relationship with the Lord herself. And so she raised my sisters and I to have a relationship with Him. So my mother was a big influence on my life. There were other people, family members, other people in my church, deacons and other sisters, older mothers of the church who influenced me. There have been artists who influenced 
my life and my ministry. James Cleveland, of course, Joe Pace. There's so many different artists who poured into me. And there have been churches along the way, relationships I've made with singers, different conventions I've been to, who've poured into me to help me be the worship leader that I am. A big influence on me has been the International Worship Institute. They convened in Dallas for probably at least 15, 16 years. And they changed my ministry. They changed my ministry because they modeled what real worship looks like. I took all that in. And so I stand on a lot of shoulders, Priscilla. I do what I do today because of my mom. You've written two award-winning devotionals. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Congratulations on that. Thank you. Walk us through the process, writing an award-winning devotional. What's your process? First of all, in 2012, I had never done it before, never written a book before. So it was a completely new experience for me. And I'll tell you a little bit of the backstory, how I got there. Priscilla, I began around 2008 or nine, somewhere back there. I began sending out devotionals every Friday. And they were devotionals based on praise and worship. And a lot of my experiences were in there and things I've lived through and as a worship leader, as an employee, all of that. So I was sending out these devotionals and I did that for maybe a year or so. And the church I was serving in at the time, he said, why don't you put all those into a book? I said, oh, I never thought about it. I heard him, but I really didn't act on it. Well, I keep on writing. God keeps giving me these devotionals to send out via email every Friday. I would come home from work on Thursday and Thursday night I would go in my office and I'd crank out these devotionals and send them out on Friday. Well, I thought about what my pastor said and some time passed. About a year went by before I really acted on his advice. Well, I did. I already had the material. All I had to do was organize it in some fashion. And so I went looking for publishers, traditional and self-publishers, and I decided to self-publish. I found a company that assists people who want to self-publish. I went with them. I put the manuscript together. I took all those devotionals and put them in chapters. I send off the manuscript and in about eight or nine weeks, we had a book with my name on it. I said, oh my goodness, I'm an author. (laughs) When I first went on Amazon and I searched my name and it popped up with my book, I said, oh God, look, (laughs) Lord, look what you've done. It was pretty amazing to see my name in the author space. I would share anybody who was wanting to write a book. And Priscilla, you've been down that road already. Be careful choosing your publisher because you want someone who really gets your message. They get it and they won't water it down because at the end of the day, it's your book. It's your message. You know the message you're trying to get out to the world. And with the wrong publisher, they might water down your message and your book won't be the caliber that you want it to be. Your message won't get out there the way you want it to get out there. Do your research, go with the right publisher, because the right publisher is going to grab hold to your message. They're going to get it. And now they'll help you hone it. They'll help you sharpen it, but they won't water it down. Hold on to your message. You have a message for the world. You touched on two really, really key things there. I mean, first of all, just the fact that when you get an idea to just act on it, you don't know where it's going to lead to. I had no idea. You're waiting to become an author, but you haven't even written anything to anybody. And the opportunities will come if you keep 
faithfully moving with whatever it is that you feel that you've been led to do. So thank you for sharing that. The yeah. other thing is also about watering down messages. I have to tell you, when I started writing and I was just writing blogs and I was guest writing on uh -huh. other people's blogs. And yeah. it did come yeah. down to that where yeah. sometimes I would write something and it would be edited to the point where it doesn't even sound like something that I wrote. You don't want that because your message is your message and you know how you want to get it out there. So, yeah, I, I understand. And I'm glad that you recognize that because it can happen. But sometimes people say they want Christian writers, but they want you to kind of be, like you said, a little bit watered down when they are putting out the content to their readers. Absolutely. If you're a Christian artist, if you are a Christian author, stick with your principles Stick with God. God gave you the idea in the first place. That's where it came from. So don't compromise your faith. Stick with what God gave you and stick with what you know pleases him in that author space. Now, since we are talking praise and worship, what are your favorite praise and worship songs that you just love? Oh, girl, I love Holy is the Lord by Chris Tomlin. Martha Menezes Shout, Shout. With a voice of triumph. Takes me in every time. I love Heart of Worship by Matt Redman. I love I Lift Up My Hands by Israel Houghton. How Great Is Our God. Love it. Takes me in every time. I just love it. I have so many. <laughs> Songs that really lift him up. That's a few of them. I love Alive and Breathing by Matt Meyer. It's a bunch of them. I said it would be nice to have a sneak peek into the playlist of a worship leader. And that's a sneak peek, exactly. That That's exactly what that was, because I have so many. Mm -hmm. I think this is really important. How do we make worship part of our daily life? We do that by recognizing everything, all of who we are is tied to our worship. Worship is wrapped up in everything that we are, from head to foot. When we recognize that God called all of us to worship him nobody's left out doesn't matter who you are where you come from when you make worship part of your daily life you understand you are under divine mandate to worship God and we know that from John chapter 4 23 and 24 Jesus said God wants those who worship him to do so in spirit and in truth so everything that we do Priscilla everything that we are is tied to our worship how we work what kind of employees are we? What kind of bosses are we? How do we deal with our families? How do we relate to our spouses? How do we build relationship in everyday life? How do we view our respective ministries? All of those are expressions of worship. If you are a student, be it from high school on up to the postgraduate level, how you get your studies, how you prepare for your lessons, how you prepare for your exams, how you go through that semester, all of that is tied to our worship because all of who we are, God put worship into every fiber of our being. So how we live our lives with that knowledge, knowing, knowing that everything that we are is tied to our worship. That's how we make it an everyday lifestyle and starting your day with worship, ending your day with worship throughout the day recognizing who God is and what he's done in your life that is making worship a lifestyle recognizing that God is God and he is the object of our worship he gave us our lives he gave us 
our businesses. He gave us our spouses. He gave us our families. He gave us every dream, every goal, every plan that we've made for our lives. God gave it to us. God planted all of that. So everything that we are points to the worship of God if we handle that correctly. I could stop right now because <laughs> that's the message. Thank yeah, you, audience. Yeah. And I myself, I feel really, really challenged to yeah. take up worship as part of my daily life. Now, Donna, Absolutely. what is the number one book that you would recommend for someone aspiring to do what you've done? There's a book by Bob Sorge, S-O-R-G-E, called Exploring Worship. And it's really a wonderful manual for anyone who wants to grow closer to God and worship. You don't have to be a worship leader or hold a position or be in a ministry. You just want to get closer to God. Exploring Worship is a book I would definitely recommend for anyone. Another one is called Prophetic Worship. And the author is Vivian Hibbert. And Vivian gives us such a beautiful picture of what prophetic worship is. So if you want to grow as a worshiper, those two books are excellent, Exploring Worship and Prophetic Worship. Matt Redmond has a book out there on, on worship as well. On the author side, I did write it down, <laughs> but Priscilla, I'd be happy to send it to you later. But it's an excellent book for aspiring authors, if that is what you want to do. Thank you. I'll add that to the show notes. Donna, where can people go to learn a little bit more about you and what you do? They can go to my website to www.donnareneepatrick.com and they can go to the store. My books are there on donnareneepatrick.com. They can go there. I am on Facebook. My social media handles are the same across the networks. So if you go to donnareneepatrick.ma on Facebook, on Instagram, they can go to LinkedIn. They can find me there. Absolutely. Send me an email at donnareneepatrick.gmail.com. I'm so glad we had this conversation. Every entrepreneur, music or otherwise, this message that you've just shared is just true. Yeah. God is yeah. the one who gives you the business. And even, you know, I'll say this too, even as an entrepreneur and you want to start a business, keep the attitude of a servant. Always show up to serve. What can you do for your clients? How can you help your clients? It's always show up with a servant mindset. Now, our last question is always, Donna. What has faith meant to you on your journey? The key word is journey. That's the key word. It has been a journey. It continues to be. You know, if I didn't trust God, and I'll tell you a very personal story. I'll share something with you, Priscilla. If I didn't trust God, if I wasn't walking by faith and faith alone, I would get frustrated. I would get upset and angry and I would be crying. When I was all in my head, rather than walking by faith in God, well, it affected my attitude. My attitude just wasn't what it ought to have been. I was unsettled. I was impatient. The patience is a whole nother matter for me. That's a whole nother <laughs> show. But my faith has taught me to be patient. My faith has taught me to look at God rather than look at myself, rather than look at all of what I want to do, what my plans are. My faith has taught me to ask God, what are your plans? Lord, you know what my plans are. You know what I want. But God what do you want? That's what faith has done for me. Faith has shifted my focus 
off of me and what I want to do onto what he would have me do. Faith has taught me to walk in wisdom because I believe wisdom waits. We like to act right away. We want to act right now. We want to act now. Well, sometimes you got to use wisdom. See, faith has taught me that. Faith has taught me to wait before making a decision. Faith has taught me to be patient. Stop trying to do it all myself. Stop trying to fix it myself. Stop trying to, you know, get ahead of God. When I'm not walking in faith, I can get ahead of God. And that's not where I need to be. So faith has taught me to walk with God, not ahead of him. So patience is a big deal for me. Faith has taught me to be patient. And God has put me in situations where I had to be patient. Because he's taught me that moving too quickly, I'll get myself in trouble. So I've got to stay in faith and keep my eyes on him. Thank you so much for that. A great message for all the entrepreneurs. Stay in faith and let's win it business, guys. Thank you, Donna. Absolutely. I'm honored to have you on and it's been a pleasure talking to you. It's been a pleasure. Likewise, Priscilla, thank you for having me. For God more bless information, you, my sister. I've had a great time. and clips from various episodes, please follow us on Instagram at Reinventing Perspectives. Thank you so much for your time. We absolutely value your time and even more, we value your feedback. Don't forget to leave us a review. Thank you so much and see you again next week. Thank you.